Hi, I'm Michaela Loach. And I'm Rebecca. And this is the Yikes Podcast. and welcome back to the yikes podcast the podcast about all the things that make us go yikes all the things that can seem super overwhelming and that make us can make us want to run away from them because they're so big and scary but instead we say you need to lean into the yikes and transform those emotions into action together um today's episode will be about billionaire philanthropic capitalism um if you don't know what that is we're going to define it so don't worry um mm-hmm. but basically it's following up from um the fact that i michaela um, and Joe, do you want to sh- actually, we say, we say this in the intro. I always do this, and I forget that. Like the people like, don't actually. Like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't anyway. really do like a proper introduction, but that's fine. People yeah. know us at some point. Um, yeah, at this point. Um, yeah, I I was um, I, there. You can find the clip on Instagram or where else. But um, I was um, at Bill Gates's like annual goalkeepers event. Um, and challenged like the premise of the of the event and billionaires on the stage. Joe helped me a lot with like prepping for that. Um, so we both had a lot of like private conversations about this over the last couple of weeks. Um, and we thought we could just do an episode on this because I think a lot of people wanted more context. And also because the clips that I shared from that, I mean, I've only really shared like one and a half minutes. You can see the whole live stream, but even that, like I wasn't able to get into like the meat of this topic mm. because... I was also trying to really bring along the audience that was there with me and not just like just say a load of shit for no reason. I was like really wanting to engage Mm. the people that were there as well. I mean, we talked about that, right? Of like, how do you engage the audience that like that is in the room either voluntarily or due to like relations based Mm. on funding or whatever and like talk in a way that like kind of challenges but also maybe doesn't like like where people don't feel like they're thrown under the bars immediately yeah. I mean unless like your gates but like like the people in the room and like yeah yeah do you want to like I mean first of all yeah you did that like it was I loved watching it <laughs> I like I so, watched it like so many times <laughs> so you so also everyone the reason so when I got off um Maybe I'll get Finn to add in a clip here from from it so that people can know what we're talking about. I think billionaires shouldn't exist. And um, I hope that the discomfort that I'm feeling and maybe the discomfort that I cause others to feel will mean that we both can all be transformed um, through this conversation. Um, I have many challenges to philanthropic capitalism. I think the climate crisis was caused by capitalism and inequality and oppression are not an accident. So to create a liberated world, we have to really challenge these systems and go to the root. Um, and we have to demand more because we really can transform the world if we do that. Intersectionality demands us to see that all the struggles that exist in the world don't happen in silos. Everything is inherently connected. And therefore, we have to interrogate power as well. We can't just talk about redistributing like wealth if we're not just redistributing power as well as that. And so when we interrogate power, we have to then ask, like, who, who holds the power in this room? Who holds the power in the world? Who's deciding what solutions are being chosen? Like whose name is on the foundation? Who's making those decisions? Um, And then therefore, who's creating the narratives and who's in control of those narratives? And how does that maybe limit the solutions that we're pursuing? And maybe we're not actually transforming the world. Maybe we're just continuing the world as it is now, but making it look a little bit different. And how can we demand more? And I think I've learned a lot of, of how I view the world through previous movements in the past. And that kind of 
collaboration and um, coalition building, I think is how we're genuinely going to create a better world because we need to build power from the ground up and not from the top down. And that comes from like coming together and forming those coalitions and realizing that just because something is hurting me, it's also going to hurt you at some point or it is already hurting you in a different way. So after that, um, when I got off the stage, basically when I was there, all I could hear in my ears was blood rushing. I'm not even joking. I couldn't hear like... So when I watched it back and I heard the like one soul clap, <laughs> I was like, in the moment, I'm not going to lie. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> like, I mean, all obviously I it was see, the adrenaline. Yeah, the adrenaline. All, all I saw was people's faces just go like, <gasps> and mm. like, and I was like, oh, fuck. And then, and I really, because it's really hard when obviously that my, the audience is maybe not that receptive to, I was like, oh, I really fucked it up. I was like, oh, maybe I've like not gone far enough in what I wanted to say or whatever else. And then, when I got, also, I felt like the back of my head was contracting because of stress. Like, I genuinely felt mm-hmm. like the muscles in my head were like, <laughs> like I thought my head was going to just like crush. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, this is like a lot. But afterwards, and I was like, oh, I, f- I fluffed it. Like, I was like, there's, an-. and also, I wasn't even planning on sharing a clip from it because I was like, mm, the probably did not do well enough. But then I checked my phone when I got my phone back from Dominique. I have this video of Joe crying because she's so cute. Joe was like, "Oh, I'm so proud of you!" Like, and that and that was like, okay, because I respect you. Obviously, you know I respect you so much, Joe. Mm. So like, knowing that you thought I did a good job meant like a lot to me. Because yeah, I no, I mean, I was like, I was just watching it from like afar. I watched it twice, and then like on the street, I was crying. And I have actually two video recordings of me crying. <laughs> But then I ran into this like man and I was just like, shit. And uh, I actually have tears in my eyes again now. Because I think like, I don't know, I, I think it just like, also, I mean, like speaking to you before and like, you know, hearing a lot of like the worries, the stress, but also the excitement and then like seeing you there. And I don't know, I mean, I think it's hard for me, for example, to imagine being in a space like this where, you know, I mean, you also talked on on like Instagram of like a heavily policed also space. It's not mm. the country you're from where you know your shit like and and then having to like be in a position where you like challenge people but also like where you where you don't expect or where you don't know how people are going to receive you and like your work and and so I don't know for me and then also like your work I mean what you talked about and stuff was just so beautifully I think just like challenging but you could tell like how much kind of like how much it comes from a place of love and like Mm. you know wanting to invest in also the people that maybe you disagree with in at least some parts and so for me it was like mm-hmm. I think you're just yeah like a, I don't know I, I really felt like you were like practicing like abolitionist principles and like really like investing in people that usually it's very easy sometimes for us to kind of look on these people that we don't agree with and being like okay well I'm just gonna leave you mm-hmm. there and to be honest I, I've done that normally like do you know what I mean like as in mm. this was the first time I've actually like gone into because I think normally if I've been asked to do something with some I don't know an organization or whatever that I don't agree with like fundamentally I've just said no because mm-hmm. uh, for a long time I've been like oh we should just always boycott these spaces because by because I've always been like by going we can uphold these spaces and then we can legitimize mm-hmm. them because they can like manipulate our words or whatever mm-hmm. um to or our presence or they can allow us to like youth wash or green wash or ethical wash their stuff um so like, I mean, Joe knows, but like, I was so stressed about going because I wasn't sure I did the right thing because like, yeah, I didn't want to be like affirming them as an institution. Mm-hmm. I mean, one thing I was very clear about as well is that I said to the event organizers that 
um, they weren't allowed to use any of my image or any videos from the panel. This is obviously, but they didn't know what I was going to do. But like, I, I said that before the panel, I was like, I don't want mm. to be used as like, and I was very, at times, I was quite clear with them. I was like, I like, I don't, re- I don't agree with the Gates Foundation, like, um, but you've asked me to come. So, <laughs> but I think that they weren't expecting me to say that on the panel. Um, but I was like, <laughs> I, I mean, even at, I mean, there in person, my phone case says, it, my phone case to describe it is basically like, a it looks like a cigarette packet but it's money rolled up instead and it says capitalism kills rather than smoking kills and it's and the branding on it is bezos and gates and i showed that to people there on the rehearsal i was like i was like do you like my phone case <laughs> because i'm so bad at actually holding things in like yeah. it was actually really hard for me not to, when we did the rehearsal it was really hard for me not to say everything that i wanted to say like to just mm. say other things because i'm really like someone who i really wear my heart on my sleeve i think a lot mm. um but I mean, they weren't, I don't think, I don't think they expected they'd actually, but, but more of that is to say that like, I was trying to be like as intentional as possible about it, but I was still like really nervous because of course I know, so to kind of get into it a bit. So the reason why I kind of disagree with the space mm-hmm. is because I don't believe that billionaires, the same people who have like caused the multiplicity of crises through their operations, like no one becomes a billionaire by accident. That's one thing to like mm-hmm. make clear initially is, um, to become a billionaire a lot like thousands or not millions of people will have been exploited and harmed for you to get to that point and like that isn't like an accidental thing it's like a very calculated mm-hmm. deliberate like accepted consequence of of becoming a billionaire and a, and like a billion pounds dollars whatever is an unfathomable amount yeah. of money like it it is unfathomable like i think there'll be so many different things you can read about online that will contextualize it so to have multiple billions of of pounds of mm. dollars or whatever is it is completely fucking ridiculous. Like, and it should not fundamentally exist in any world, mm. let alone a world where we have so much extreme poverty. And then it's, it is it is just like insulting to be perfectly honest for these people to then be like, we're the ones solving all this stuff. And I'm like, if you really wanted to solve these problems, you you really you fundamentally could. Like, but what instead this kind of so what I, what, what I called as, as um, I mean, obviously I did not term this, but philanthrocapitalism is basically when philanthropy, so this like giving of funds to organisations that are doing aid work or, or work that's saying it's to make a better world. Um, and then instead that work basically just like continues capitalism and upholds capitalism and continues the world as it is and just basically reforms it to look a bit different but the same structures have been left unchanged. And it basically just creates a world where, for example, with Gates, like Microsoft is still able to continue their operations and still able to con- to make profit and he's still able to be a billionaire. When actually the work we need to happen should be going to the roots of these problems and like really like transforming a world where billionaires could simply not exist and that that would be kind of... Um, not just a, that like it's not like the focus is just stopping billionaires from existing like that should be like a natural consequence of any work that's actually trying to transform the world um, but in saying that another reason I was like nervous and especially on the day was nervous was because there is a reality that the work that the Gates Foundation does does save many lives in the short term like that I can't like conflict with that like they there will be like many many lives that are being saved in the short term and are being made improved in the short term because of work that the Gates Foundation does or that their partners do. And also there'll be a lot of work that is funded by the Gates Foundation that isn't bad. Like it really isn't bad. Like it's in its necessary work that needs funding. 
Um, and I think that people were kind of making, I think some people were thinking like, oh, does this mean that anyone who takes money from the Gates Foundation should be like hashtag cancelled or whatever? That is not, <laughs> that is not what I was saying. It was more that I'm, I try and think of things more expansively. Sorry, that was like doing a whole monologue no, now, Joe. But my problem with the Gates Foundation and with billionaires having control of the solutions is because they are controlling the solutions. So they're controlling the world that we live in the future. And also because just fundamentally, if you are living in that much of extreme privilege, that is unlike when I say it's, I need to keep saying it's unfathomable because it's just like we cannot comprehend like what it is to be have that much power and privilege. You, I just also do not believe that you will be able to envision the world that we actually need because I think that privilege, this is something that I'm, I did speak about, but I didn't make it to the clip, but like privilege is like a fog. Like I think it's um, oh, Morales who talks about this um, in Medicine Stories. It's like privilege is like a fog. Like it obscures our view of the world. It obscures our like connections to each other. And therefore like you, sim- like Gates simply won't be able to imagine or understand the best world possible because his own privilege, but also his own operations and his own power will obscure his view. And therefore he shouldn't be in, in charge of the solutions because even if these solutions are saving people's lives in the short term, they'll also be like preventing a lot of solutions that will create a better world and transform the world for all of us in the long term. And so that's why I think that reformist work like that can actually be really harmful because rather than creating the conditions for a radically transformed world and a revolution in the future, it's actually preventing those conditions from being possible. And so ideas of like, um, I don't want to use too much jargon, but like there's, if you want to look into it, there's like a whole idea of like non-reformist reform, which talks about this of like, how can we save people's lives in the short term so and create the material conditions where people can live in dignity in the short term whilst doing that in a way that does not prevent complete transformation that would save all of our futures in the long term and lives in the long term. And I think that that's the question that we should be asking. I think that that's the problem with philanthropic capitalism is it, is it doesn't con- create those conditions in the long term and that instead it creates the conditions for billionaires to still exist in the long term um mm, okay yeah. monologue over <laughs> <laughs> no no no. i think you like i think you touched on like so many important pa- aspects and i think it's also really interesting to kind of hear the like the reasons why you went into the event and then gen- you know generally like our views on like billionaires like not yeah not exist or shouldn't exist um mm. and i think like i mean for me like philanthropic capitalism i sometimes struggle with certain of these terms like i also recently read this book where a lot of like covid capitalism was talked about for me it's like it's just part of capitalism like i mean covid capitalism it really gave me the ache during the during that book sadly um but, but i think like philanthropy and like these like billionaires like doing this like charity work when like it's fundamentally based on upholding their power mm. and like i think that's that's something that like this word like philanthropy is like kind of like seemingly like making it like cute to be a billionaire and like you know it's like i mean there's also yeah. like kind of like various types of like billionaires like how they like i think how they are perceived especially from like for example from like an environmental point of view mm. or like uh, in climate spaces like bill Gates would usually be seen as like more close to us or like doing better work Mm. than maybe like Jeff Bezos, which like most climate activists would fundamentally disagree with with him. But a lot of our movements are funded by the Bezos fund. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) but also also true. But like, you know, I think, for example, like, I mean, Amazon is a lot of times often more Mm. accepted Mm -hmm. to be, for example, exploiting workers. But then people don't make the connection that in order to like accumulate that much money, 
you yeah. will inherently have to steal money from other people. I think like yes. I read recently something of like billionaires don't make money, they take money. And I think something that like yeah. is really important for people to like highlight of like, if, if they don't hoard all of that wealth, that means the wealth would be in the hands of other people. Exactly. And also like, I mean, because I think sometimes if like people thinking like abolishing billionaires means that like you will cancel all of the work that, or like, you know, like mm-hmm. then Microsoft wouldn't exist anymore or like the workers would all lose their jobs because they wouldn't produce goods anymore. This is not true. Mm-hmm. And handy, the aim would be that workers are self-managed and like cooperatives mm-hmm. exist. And like, so that like the, the money doesn't just go to one person exploit, yeah. like by the exploitation of others. And I think also like what you're saying of like, they they will like because we live in a world where people are based on charity because of the like historical expectation for example i mean mm-hmm. this is maybe not then billionaires but like the world bank and the imf you know like mm-hmm. they went in right after like um a lot of countries gained kind of like independence and they went and like be like oh we'll give you money to like do mm-hmm. x y and z in your country but with all of these attachments that like you know debt will be increased and like people yeah. are reliant and the like, governments are are like reliant on on these things and that means that like why why they are portrayed as like these like saviors and i think that's what ex- exactly a lot of times is like you're you think you have all of the solutions the world bank the imf these billionaires mm-hmm. whilst actually they are doing it for their self-interest and i think mm-hmm. so it's it's hard because i think what you're saying of like they do improve lives and i think that that is so the case and and i think yeah, we don't want to shame people or institutions that are sadly reliant on these Mm -hmm. charity funds. But the problem for me is that we are inherently reliant on them. Like that, that shouldn't exist. Like we shouldn't, shouldn't be reliant on them. Right. We should be working to be non-reliant on these people. That should, all the work should be making it so. And what you're saying about stolen wages is like, there's a quote from Ruth Wilson Gilmore that says, um, philanthropy is just the private um, reallocation of stolen wages like that's mm. what it is like yeah it's just literally. these wages were already stolen from the people who are then being told they should be grateful to be given them back in a way where they're being told there's conditions on it as well do you know what i mean like it's all like yeah. giving conditional of like oh if you do this work that doesn't mm-hmm. threaten us <laughs> then we'll give you the money and that's the problem yeah exactly exactly so i mean yeah it's i, I do find it like very interesting of just like how like I mean for example like recently like Patagonia right like Mm. I felt like such a killjoy because like everybody was like celebrating Patagonia like I can't even remember what they did like making the earth a shareholder for me this is disgusting right making the earth a shareholder (sighs) (sighs) fuck off everything needs to be monetized everything the earth can only be valid or and valued when it has monetary value ecosystem services for example it pisses me off how everything needs to be monetized in order for us to recognize it as a valuable as mm-hmm. as having value as being an entity in its own right right making the earth a shareholder you initially have to like make the earth not business to make business mm-hmm. for it to make business fuck off but also this like this idea of like being accidentally billionaire Sorry, dude, like, how do you accidentally become a billionaire? Because most people cannot do that. No, I Googled how, like, the, like, I Googled yesterday how to become a billionaire. And then I went on all of these, like, websites. (laughs) I went on, like, all of these websites, like, seven steps how to become a billionaire. Like, incredible. Like, 
there's like apparently there's two types and like you know either you invent something or you're born into wealth and I was like ah uh-huh okay because a lot of people invent shit and they don't become billionaires every day right but no but the thing is one thing is I think that sometimes there are a lot of billionaires but there aren't that many like and I think mm. that people think that like and this is why I think this is a in context it's like a very 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 few amount of people in the world will become a billionaire yeah you listening to this podcast I could bet that you are not going to become a billionaire <laughs> and I'm sure that I probably win that bet like Hundred percent. I'm sure that like not a single person that watched my video will become a billionaire. Like as in, and that was viewed by like over a million people. I'm sure for I'm I could, I would bet a lot of. I mean, I'm not I'm not a gambler, but I would <laughs> because <laughs> like that's how yeah. unlikely it is. But people have it in their head that like oh, I've got to I've got to look out for my man Bill Gates or my man Jeff Bezos because one day I might be a billionaire and I don't want to be impacted. Do you know what I mean? It's this really weird. They thing. hate you though. And the thing with the they will exploit well the was, shit out of us. Yeah, exactly. And it's like we are letting ourselves get exploited in the hope that one day we'll assume the position of the person who's oppressing us, which is just not like a way to live. Um, but also when it comes to the past thing, I think my frustration was I also sometimes feel like a killjoy because I'm like, because I was just like, are we sure about this? Maybe because also when this was coming out, I knew I was going to go to this Bill Gates thing. So I've already been thinking like a lot about billionaires and about philanthropic capitalism and all this stuff. Mm. And it was all like very in my head. And I think what I found frustrating about it is that it felt like there wasn't that much engagement of like critical thinking Mm -hmm. before just like sharing. And I get it because the one thing is we actually didn't say what, what Patagonia did. Like the CEO redistributed or said they redistribute their wealth. um, And made the, what they did, what they actually, what they did was basically like they gave all the shares to a like foundation mm-hmm. called the Hold Fast Collective. I'm actually not going to speak too much specifically on all this stuff, but I would really recommend people read into it. Just because I don't want to get it wrong, but like apparently it's a bit questionable. Um, but I get why people celebrating it because people, the, the thing is the environmental space and climate justice space doesn't get a ton of money. Yeah. Like, and especially climate justice work. And people were celebrating it because all of this money was going to be earmarked for climate justice mm-hmm. work. So like people were like, okay. Yeah, people and I think might. a lot of groups were sharing it because they were just like, Hey, Pascogne, give me the money. Give me the money. Um, which is fair. Like, that's which, completely Which is fair. fair. Like, there's yeah. no... Yeah, yeah. I think what my qualm was with was that a lot of people who I had seen start to talk about the problems with capitalism were then sharing his quote where he was saying that he hopes this ushers in, like, a kinder version of capitalism. And I was oh, like, gosh, this is where that. they're getting us. This is where they're getting us because in doing this... They're, they're moving us away from like the necessary like politics mm. of challenging everything and of realizing that actually it's the capitalist system that's fucking us over yeah. and making us believe that, oh no, there are good billionaires out there and there are good companies out there mm. when actually like rather than like moving us away from thinking like, oh, actually let's uproot this entire system and let's build something better. And that's why I was like frustrated, especially because I was like, this felt like quite a sinister to be perfectly honest, like, calculated way to get people to stop really challenging the fundamentals of like because I think I think that more more and more people especially with the cost of living crisis are being like you know what fuck the ultra rich like yeah. like and fuck the system that creates them mm. that then is upheld by them and that is putting the majority of the people on this planet no matter where you are whether you're in the core of imperialism or on the peripheries of imperialism mm. into like instability and like harm and yeah, just all these all these like conditions that that shouldn't have to be being felt, and mm. I think more and more people are getting like radicalized, I guess, in that way. Mm. But 
then when things like this happen, I feel like people are then taking a step back. And, it, and I'm not blaming the people who are doing it as much. I'm, I do think at some point we need to engage critical thinking more. But <laughs> but like, I think it's more that I just want to encourage people that when we see these things, like I know that we want wins because a lot of the time it's everything shit, yeah. you know. But still like think about who is this coming from mm-hmm. and how could this maybe be like moving us away from the kind of necessary yeah. challenges that we need. Um because because one thing one thing I think as well is the reason why they do this stuff. You said it already, but like they want to be seen as nice. Like they want mm. us to like them. It's when we've talked before on about social licenses, like more in the context of fossil fuel companies. But anyone who uses exploitation to gain in this world wants people not to realise that that's what they're doing. Yeah. Like they want people to think they're doing the opposite. They want people to think that they're really nice. Like, and I think that like that's why we need to challenge it. I mean, even like at the Gates event, for example. Bill Gates was on every panel before my one. So he was on every single session and panel before. Well, he didn't want to speak to you directly. No, apparently not. Um, <laughs> but on on um, the panel, like the panel conversation that was before ours was, I mean, it was the last one that I saw before I had to go backstage and then go on. Um, it was um, basically a panel on misinformation um, mm-hmm. in where in which Bill Gates and... You can watch it on YouTube, by the way, so like you can verify everything I'm saying. But like Bill Gates and and some like expert in misinformation online, and Cal Penn, like the actor, so random. Anyway, um, were like having a panel conversation about misinformation and conspiracy theories, and basic and it, and like part of it fair because there are a lot of very questionable conspiracy theories about mm. Gates. As in about when it comes to vaccines, for example, like there are like some very valid and questionable conspiracy theories that need to be challenged and like very fair enough. But it did feel a bit calculated that like to basically be framing it as anyone who says anything against Gates is a crazy conspiracy theorist was literally pretty much the words they used. Like, like, and that he also was saying that he quote unquote doesn't have time to like be like controlling the world or whatever and i'm like um or like yeah kind of like and all of this and was also like sitting through this knowing that i was about to go on like after in my head i had to literally just be like you're not losing your mind you're not losing your mind i am not a cult (laughs) yeah yeah because uh, you're not like a conspiracy theorist um because they do like I think they they do deliberately do a lot of these things to kind of to stop any kind of resistance to anything. Mm. It's like, oh, let's let's make them believe firstly that I'm really good. So let's do like a bunch of panels about yeah. like how I'm saving the world. Then let's do a panel on how there aren't any bad guys and I'm not a bad guy mm. and that people who say something about me is a conspiracy theorist. So that you're setting the kind of groundwork for pe- for them people to be unable to like challenge what you do outside yeah. of this philanthropy work and that's what i think a lot of this philanthropy stuff does is it like kind of not only does it give them like huge tax breaks mm. let's talk about that um but it also just protects them outside of that work as well like not even um and even like within that work when i was saying before about like how some of it causes harm if people want to understand a bit of that is like Currently, in on the African continent, um, this is something that Gates talks about a lot at the event, was um, basically the Gates Foundation is, like, putting in a lot of, like, agricultural reform across the whole of the African continent um, that is kind of going against what African civil society, so what, like, people living and, yep. and working and 
existing on the African continent want, like kind of ignoring what African civil society want and instead like imposing like technological fixes, like um, GMOCs that haven't been tested elsewhere. Like I'm not someone who's like anti or GMO. I'm just saying that like to impose that entire continent Mm -hmm. without, when you're not imposing it in other places is very questionable. Um, But also like that, that is a strategy to make you reliant on the seeds that he's giving out. Like that's the whole part. Reliant on patented seeds. Like that, and, and rather than like listening to what communities want, which is more like, oh, how can we kind of, use the kind of indigenous practices that we have mm-hmm. and like how can we do things in a different way and and so that's one way in which like um that and like intense farming and things like that which is people have a lot of questions about and people think are, are causing more harm on the continent and then a kind of another example also everyone can read more about these all of these so i'm not going to be like too specific but um with the pandemic so I, to preface all of this i'm super pro vaccines. 100% pro vaccines. I've been vaccinated with everything I possibly could and I think that yeah, vaccinations yeah. are so important to save lives. Um the during the pandemic um there was efforts made by the international community to like remove international in, intellectual property from vaccines yeah. so that they could be dis- distributed around the world and so that it could be quicker mm-hmm. and so that more countries could have access and that there would be less um kind of profit being made by big pharma companies. And in response to that the Gates Foundation and Gates came up with this thing called COVAX that no one, no one asked for, <laughs> no one asked for it, um, which basically did not change the system, did not remove intellectual property and like maintained kind of power and, and monopoly of the same system of pharmaceutical industry, but also would mean that there was no precedent set for challenging intellectual property. So then the intellectual property kind of, because that's how Microsoft, a lot of how Microsoft like operates on this intellectual property stuff. So it meant that like, the systems weren't inherently changed. There was no precedent set for challenging intellectual property and like his um, kind of work wouldn't be challenged. Yeah. And the way, the reason why Kovacs then like, I mean, these things are allowed to happen and that he's allowed to just come in is, and like completely not, not a democratically elected leader, mm. but someone who then is like taking things is because like that power is still held by the fact that like the Gates Foundation funds like significant amounts of the work done by the WHO and then earmarks Mm -hmm. that funding for projects that they want to do. So they're basically just controlling the world that we are all allowed to live in. And that's where my kind of problems come in is, is is it's like the power that's being exuded on Mm -hmm. the solutions that are even possible. Um, Yeah. And I think that they shut down anything that's incompatible with their worldview. Yeah, no, which I think is the problem. And I think I find it hard to talk about these things even because I'm like, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Like, I don't think this is a conspiracy. Like, it's not like it's like a, mm-hmm. there's people sitting in a dark room being like, um, <sighs> it's, it's like, it's, it's more just like very obvious that if someone profits from capitalism, they're not going to challenge capitalism in the work that they are mm-hmm. doing the good work as well. And that that should be a problem. And it's not like this, like, yeah, I'm just like very cautious about not wanting to come across as if I'm being like, no, 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 no. In a conspiracy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah.
think like I mean it's hard I mean you touched on a lot I, I think that and like when you first started talking I was mm. thinking of like you know like this terms of like bad and good people yeah. is something that like for example like for me personally I really try to chat like I mm. it's hard because for example like these people are like a lot of their work is based on exploitation and so they dehumanize people all the time and in that I do believe also dehumanize themselves and mm -hmm. a lot of mm -hmm. like I mean reading even when you profit of exploitation or and even like in like the material aspect here even if even if you have so much money your mind your mind will be so clouded by for example the obsession of money and how you mm -hmm. reproduce your material basis like every day that I do in some in many ways also see them themselves suffering under this Mm -hmm. system wise profiting of it but it's that means like for me sometimes like it's I really I don't know I don't want to dehumanize them because yeah of that's not kind of like what I aspire to and that's not what actually I like agrees mm -hmm. with a lot of my values and at the same time because they do this like every day I do also sometimes I'm like I'm really trying to work on my grace for you and for like because it's so fucking yeah. hard to constantly be like but you're dehumanizing every fucking person around this planet. like. And the thing is, I think that what you're saying there is important because I also really believe that the people... So, like, I really genuinely believe that the people doing the work in the Gates Foundation and that Bill Gates himself thinks he's doing the best thing. He, mm. he thinks he's doing the right thing. And I think that it's important that when we're... I think for that space, also for me, like, to be in that space, because we had a lot of conversations about this, about, mm. about, like, it's... And it's really... I think it's a challenge to humanize people who you know fundamentally don't yeah. humanize you. Like... Um, but I think that that is that's also what abolition calls us to do. Mm -hmm. But but as well as that, I think that's when we can actually transform things. Like, yeah. um, and kind of like what you were saying, that is I think that we can actually understand people more mm -hmm. if we're like, oh, what what do they as a, another human being mm -hmm. think about what they're doing, and therefore like how can we reach them? Sometimes you don't need to reach people where they're at. Like, some, I'm not, yeah. not saying you need to do this always, but I think sometimes it can be helpful. I yeah, and I mean, I, I mean, even for even that principle, right? Like, if I now dehumanize him, then also like some part of my humanity will be undermined just out of the principle that I, that I kind of like, yeah, I mean, do exactly what he does to other people. But the mm -hmm. the, the point also in that complexity is that I don't have the power that he has, right? Like, for yeah, me yeah, to yeah, like, for sure. I, I mean, also like to curse him out, like he doesn't give a fuck about me. But mm -hmm. like, so, so therefore, like, of course, like putting it into perspective of like power, then becomes a, becomes a different question. Right. And I think that's where, like, I mean, this, what you were talking then also about, like how these, they are not in government. And yet, for example, I mean, Germany voted multiple times against um, free, like freeing the patents so that other, other countries in the world could like reproduce the vaccine. And, you know, the German government like did that based also on like having, you know, being in touch with the pharmaceutical industry, blah, 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 blah. And so there's like a lot, these things are very undemocratic and generally like having, yeah. I think, I mean, in general, like a lot of our economic systems, like in a company where people with more money have more shares and therefore more say, it's inherently undemocratic. And so when we think of actually like what radical democracy even means, then we should be inherently against, for example, Bill Gates, having so much say in matters that fundamentally yes. are none of his business. And like, he cannot, right? Like, and you said that mm -hmm. earlier of like, he thinks probably that like he, he has to like, kind of like have his like fingers and like all of these different topics. But like, how can also like a, a human actually like 
tackle all of the world's problems i mean not only reproducing them but also like how does he actually think that you know by being able to like uh, put some money here and put the money there and now like for example this like gmo and like the the farming stuff that he does across africa you know i mean he he probably thinks i don't know i mean he might think that like doing that is good but he still imposes also the way that it's done if he i think that's the thing around like redistributing wealth and also i mean like around reparations the whole point is that you don't dictate what people do with it yes and so like i mean you know so then imposing it for you to get returns so that you can like and like next year give another seat and another seat and i mean Vandana Shiva has like a really good um, kind mm-hmm. of like thing about it, like where there's this amazing like cartoon where like Bill Gates is like on the top and he has like all of these strings going from him of like managing the farmers here and managing this here. And and it's like, yeah, it's just to like re- kind of reproduce the system. And also what you, I think, I don't know if you mentioned it earlier, but a lot of times donating money for big companies means they can avoid tax or at least mm-hmm. reduce them. And so we also need to sometimes interrogate not only kind of the savior component of, you know, I mean, especially for a lot of the like very much like white billionaires, um, this like white saviorism that kind of comes through it and, and or in general saviorism, I think, but also then like how like they know that it helps them to avoid tax and, yeah. you know, at, and obviously create an image of like, yeah, I'm fundamentally like, I want to do this for you guys. Yeah, and I think that, like, I think that's why all of these things that you're saying are so... I just basically... All of this, to be honest, comes down to... I think that we all just need to demand more and, like, Mm realise that we can and, like, that we don't have to settle for what the billionaires are allowing us to have or, like, we don't have to settle for the system as it is now. Like, I think that, like, the reason why I think that challenging these things and also the reason why on reflection I do think it was the right thing to do and I'm glad I went into that space Mm. and challenged it in a space where it never gets challenged is because I actually went and saw um, Hades Town directly (laughs) after it because, um, which is my favourite musical. Which is a musical. Um, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and I love it. And it's about, it's, it's, I I won't go into it, but but it it does talk, it talks a lot about, like, neoliberalism and capitalism, but in, like, a really abstract, metaphorical Mm way. Um... And there's one song and this really stood out to me when I was watching it just after having done that challenge. I went to watch it because I knew that I'd start doubting myself and I needed to watch something that would remind me Mm. that us doubting ourselves as well and us holding ourselves back is one of the biggest like things that gets in our way. And there's a lyric that says, um, I can't, I'm going to phrase it wrongly, but it's basically like no, no answer ever comes for the question no one asks. Mm. And I think that that's the thing with all of this is it's like, if we don't question these things, then Mm. we're never going to get an answer to them. And if we don't challenge these things, then we're never going to get an answer to them. And therefore we're going to be held back consistently and constantly because we're too worried about challenging something because it does a bit of good. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we don't ask for more. We don't demand better when we can do all of that. Um, And yeah, I think that our collective imagination can do so much more and that we shouldn't be reliant on people who, like my friend Rhiannon, who also talked to me a lot um, before, this challenge and was actually it was the kind of initial person who uh, challenged me to go into that space and challenge mm. it um she said that like it's like inconceivable to gates that corporations and capitalism are the problem because it because just because that's his life it would be inconceivable yeah. to him that that is and you have a bunch of people around him telling him that anyone else who says anything against him is like a crazy conspiracy theorist <laughs> i'm also very aware that that is like ableist language but that's the language he used that's why i'm using it because <laughs> that's how he <laughs> frames us um and so i think that like 
yeah, I just want to, yeah, I just want to encourage people to challenge things more. Like we, we really can do that. Um, and also, and for more people to do it, yeah, for go, more people to do it, yeah, yeah. I like. Go there. I think I want to say something very, very briefly on like the toll that it it like takes to challenge these things. Like it's, I think people will see like a clip or whatever and be like, yeah, boss bitch or whatever. Like I don't know, like <laughs> or like. You Get did us. that, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It will just be like, yeah, fuck yeah, like, which I love, and I love the and the encouragement. Obviously, means the absolute world to me. But I think I just want to add like context because obviously it was it can be multiple things at once. Like it was like really in, in, like empowering to say that stuff, but also like it does take a big toll to always not always, but like to often have to be the person who's like challenging things in a space. Like I know there are those people who challenge things too, but like it does take a toll and it's heavy and it's it's hard and it's not it's not actually that fun like in the long term like in ways and it doesn't mean that I wouldn't want to do it like I couldn't live my life any other way but like I also just want more of us to be challenging these things and in whatever space we're in all the time and realizing that that is also our responsibility and role um and I think one other thing I just wanted to add um like before we kind of close I don't have the solutions to all of this I've had a lot of people asking me like what's the best way to do this that or the other or like if we don't I'm not going to know everything um I'm I think I I hope to honest a lot of my work like provides like good questions like that's why I kind of and that I like get other people to challenge things um but one small thing that I would think I would say if anyone's listening to this who is like a funder or is in the philanthropic capitalism world or whatever is what we were saying is before is like yeah real reparations is redistributing money and power which means basically just giving money and power away in a way that you're like we're not going to hold any control over what is done with this like and we're going to give it to the the communities that are really transforming and the world and really ripping up the roots so a statistic that i shared in in on the panel was that um 25 of emissions from the us and canada alone um so 25 is is fucking huge i think we would like that's a ginormous amount of emissions um have been prevented um by indigenous resistance alone but that is the work that's like people like locking themselves to pipelines. That's people like defending their own territories. Like that's people putting their bodies and lives on the line. Being like, yeah. face, like facing huge violence, like mm. from the state. And getting no and, support yeah. or funding, like because their work threatens the capitalist system. It threatens the like policing system. It threatens like every, it threatens everything that allows big corporation and corporate greed to continue. Um, but if what we want to do is actually transform the world, we need to fund them. It's actually, because I think these people are like are funding technological advances because, and saying technology will save us because they want to create a world that is this world, but green. And te they want technology to come in and save it so that we don't actually have to tackle any of the actual fundamentals of this world. Whereas like, even their technological advances will not be preventing 25% of emissions. Like, like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's actually a lot. So like, if you're listening to this and you have access to funds, like fund with no questions asked and change your like systems. Because to be honest, we do need money like in the short term for, yeah, to yeah. fund our things. But give it away. Like, no questions asked, like no strings attached. Like, I mean, question. I mean, you can ask a question of like... No, I mean, be critical of like who you give your money to. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, not no questions asked, but no strings know. attached once you like, yeah, give it to the groups that are really like yeah transforming the world obviously like exactly. don't just give it to any random person or group 
but like give it to the groups that are really transforming the world that don't get funded enough um and like allow them to do with it what they think is the right thing to do with it mm. for example um like my fee obviously my fee is not like a like as much money as like these funds have but like my fee that they gave me for this event i gave to um so indigenous like um movements in mexico are coming together and trying to build community radios which they that's what they're asking for that's what they want and so i donated my fee to that because that's what they're asking for it's not what i'm dictating i think that sometimes even in how we redistribute mm-hmm. our wealth we're like oh but is a community radio like the most important thing do you know what i mean whereas actually like if that's what a community is asking for yeah. then that's what we should be like giving money for and so that like i mean even obviously that's a small thing yeah yeah you know like even when like people ask for money on the street who Mm. share their vulnerability in that space Mm, mm -hmm. we think we have the right to dictate on what they use their money for when it's like and i mean that's kind of like the trickle down of like where we think like we are more righteous than other Mm -hmm. people in the actions that they need to do in their everyday lives when actually like I mean, you know, it's a different example because the one would maybe be like resistance strategies and the other one is like how to get by on a daily basis because mm. like we ha- like you're impoverished and, mm. and the state constantly fails you and like we as a community fail you. But still, I'm like, I think for me, like there's like so many parallels of like we constantly trying to like think of like I am more I am more right than you yeah. to dictate what's needed. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked in our last episode about Paulo Freire And like in, for example, his work, he talks so much of like, I I think the book starts of like, I hope I will never lose my trust in people Mm -hmm. believing them that they know what's right for their communities, Mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like that's like something like that we, that I'm definitely like so much on a learning curve because I have been educated. I mean, especially from like a white European background that like you think you have the ideas that are the correct ones for other people, whether that's in your own neighborhood or not, right? Like mm. it's a certain entitlement as well. But even though sometimes it comes from the from thinkingly a good place, right? It's in activism. You're like, but I've learned this now. I can like share it with you. And it's like, but that's not what the community needs. <laughs> so yeah, so there was a tension. Hi everyone, um, we're going to talk to you a bit about Patreon, which is how this podcast is financially supported. Yeah, so we are a community-funded project um, and basically Patreon is a website where um, people can support creators that produce content like this podcast, um, which is freely accessible, but if you do want to support this project um, because you've learned something from it or yeah, just because you kind of like... I guess, want to uh, invest in it and that we can pay our guests, we can pay for artwork and music and all of these things, Um, then, yeah, you can use Patreon where basically we have an account um, and the tiers, there's different tiers and you can start from £3 a month and, yeah, we produce uh, extra content on there uh, in the weeks that we don't release an episode and in the weeks that we do upload something you get the content earlier four days earlier and without ads and any breaks so you can find us on patreon at patreon.com slash the yikes podcast there's lots of other stuff on there um, you get an early episode you get to support this work because we don't do many or if not any ads normally um in other ways so the way this work is able to happen is because of patreon 
Um, so your support genuinely means the world to all our patrons who have already supported us so far in the past or currently thank you so much because this podcast wouldn't genuinely be possible without you guys um and we're really really grateful for all of your support so if you can please do head over to patreon.com slash the yikes podcast and support us on patreon that's a really really important point um and like, yeah, I think we need to just be like challenging even ourselves. But also I think that some places that are already doing this are like solidarity funds where like, I know that Cambridge has a really brilliant solidarity fund because um, people were aware that in Cambridge there's like a big wealth disparity. Yeah. Like there's like lots of poverty and there's also lots of like extreme wealth in the same place. Mm-hmm. And so people set up this solidarity fund to be like, how can we bridge that gap and make it so that like people can just ask they can just if they need money they can get it like you know like so they they don't have to mm-hmm. like fill out a grant application <laughs> they can yeah. just Which is super if they're in need that's like that's what mutual aid really is it's like oh it's like solidarity not charity mm-hmm. um and i think that that kind of stuff to me is like mutual aid kind of network solidarity funds are also the things that are creating the conditions for like funding from billionaire philanthropists to not even be necessary and like yeah for us to also like improve the material conditions of the people around us whilst not being reliant on like i don't know like an ngo industrial complex or like those kind of things as well like it's like how can we create autonomy in mm-hmm. our communities and i think that should be the question um like an autonomy i mean by that is like self-reliance so like how can mm-hmm. we be like independent in our communities and reliant on ourselves and not be reliant on these like outside systems to come and save us yeah. um i think that, that is an important thing to be asking mm. ourselves as well um it's, it's hard though because i think money a lot of times is looked down upon in our community yeah. spaces as something yeah, inherently yeah, sure. evil rather than just like mm-hmm. seeing it as a means to an end like i think that's sometimes yeah. like what we do need to remember and if you like if you understand finance please go to social movements because we heavily need you yeah, no one really sure. wants to do that work and like and yeah, I think what you were saying of like redistributing wealth is yeah inherently needed. Like, and and if anyone listening to this and is, and and happens to be someone who like has access to personal or familial like wealth, like significant personal or familial wealth, I'd really recommend getting in touch with the Good Ancestor Movement because they basically do redistribution um, with people and they can help you work out how to redistribute really redistribute your wealth in a way that will improve the like material conditions of the people around us and also in ways that will address the harm that was caused by that wealth being generated in the first place like um Mm. which i think is really important and so i'd really recommend checking out the good ancestor movement um to find out more about that um if you're someone who doesn't have like significant like familial or generational whatever wealth um but I'm sh- like, but you still have like wealth privilege or class privilege, then resource justice is a really good, brilliant platform that does workshops and have sessions, um, mm. which can talk you through what redistribution can look like for you. There are so many things out there that can like help us, yeah. um, work these things out. Because I think that also like, obviously like billionaires are like the big problem, but there's so much that we can also do to support our communities as well. Like, and it doesn't obviously it would, it would be very different than than them, but I think that yeah we shouldn't kind of count ourselves out because we can also be mm. like funding the re- the revolution needs to be funded. That's what my um, my friend Carbian said, and um, when talking about this kind of stuff the other day, mm. um, and we do need resources somehow, and some and we can also be part of that um, 
as well. I also just wanted to like wrap this up by just saying that I'm really fucking tired. So I was just like everything. <laughs> yeah, you talked a lot out. slower this episode. So Pardon? I can tell you talked a lot slower this episode. So really? I can tell like your brain is like tired. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie, everyone. Like my brain is working at much, much lower capacity. My my yesterday I was with someone and they were like oh, my battery's low. And I, I, they're talking about themselves as a person. I was like, yeah, me too. Mine's flashing on red. <laughs> and they were like, no, I meant my phone. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, oh. Yeah, basically, I just wanted, I'm not, not going to apologize for it because I'm also like, I'm doing, I'm doing a lot. But mm. I just wanted to like give context that like, I'm sure that I could speak more eloquently about this another time. But we don't um, need to. I mean, I hope this was still helpful. <laughs> I mean, we both like were before we were like, oh, we don't know like how good it's going to be. But we don't also need to like be perfect in what we talk and the most eloquent and you know so but i think this is like a good way to wrap it up to be honest because yeah and i hope everyone's very like aware of when joe was even saying about like gates shouldn't be dictating who or none of us should be dictating who what the solutions are i also i feel very much like that too and that was also one of my like hesitations with the gates thing was i was like who am i to tell them what to do you know like um in some ways but then i but i think that like yeah there's 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 a difference there but i think that I'm not telling them what the one solution is, you know? I'm just, we're, we're saying like, oh, how can we challenge the whole mm. power structure? Um, I think that we must yeah, do but that. I think that's... I think we also like do have, our mo- like, I do think we also have roles and therefore I do think also there's certain, like, I think you were the right person to be in that space. There's also many other people who would have been the right mm. person to be in that space. Yeah. And yet I still believe you are, you were the right person like so yeah those two things can coexist you know yeah that that can all be true like um yeah but um yeah i think that also i want everyone to think like no one you'll never get a response to the question that no one asks like so ask the questions question everything challenge Mm. everything um there's a a song from Hades town called if it's true which is where that quote comes from Mm. which basically is like the lead kind of questioning like capitalism but being like if it's true what they say like I'll be on my way. Like, there's no point in doing anything. If, if it's true that nothing changes, then why should I bother? But then he's like, um, but I know that we are many and they are few. And like, and and like, who, who, what is it for the for the few to tell the many what to do? Um, a- and it's like, oh, sorry. I like, I get, I get emotional whenever yeah. I listen to it because I'm just like, it's, for me, it's really, I, I listen to that when I'm like questioning like mm. myself. And there's another, I'm sorry, we, I will wrap it up, but... And then another another song later on, it says like it's about like doubt basically, and about how in movements and spaces a lot of the time we like doubt ourselves, and that gets in our own way because mm-hmm. we don't think that we are the person to ch- challenge things. Um, and it says like the meanest the meanest hound dog in the street it ain't sorry the meanest dog you ever meet it ain't the hound dog in the street it bears some teeth and tears some skin but brother that's the worst of him the meanest the dog you really have to dread is the one who howls inside your head. It's his howling that makes men go mad and a mind to its own ruin. And it's basically talking about like how our own doubt and our own like questioning ourselves as to whether we should be the ones to raise our head mm-hmm. is what will undo our movements to be honest a lot more sometimes than like the kind of things that we see as the real aggressors and how um, we need to remember to challenge everything and, and that we that we can do it. Um, I love that. Um, so we can fucking do it and we can change the world and I really really believe that in my deep mm. deeply in my soul um, so please yeah be part of doing that with us yeah I think that's like the <laughs> the perfect way to like that, that was really beautiful thank you for sharing um, and yeah I'm glad we kind of like got to talk more about this event and like contextualize it but thank you so much for mm. listening everybody 
Um, we hope you enjoyed that. Next episode will be another on the frontline episodes. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I've been Joe Becker. I'm Trees and Peace on Instagram and stuff. Uh, and you? <laughs> and I'm Michaela Loach. I'm Michaela Loach on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. Um, lol. TikTok, but Joe, you, on, you say your Twitter. What's okay, your Twitter? Josephine Becker. Um, <laughs> and thank you so much to Finlay Moore for doing all of the music, magic uh, and the editing bits. Um, and also, of course, to our patrons who uh, help us this podcast being mostly community funded um, and yeah, enabling this podcast to uh, be sustained. And you can find the podcast on um, Instagram at the Yikes Podcast and on Twitter, the Yikes Pod. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Um, we, we always we always do this. We always do this. Um, please do check out the podcast on Instagram because we, we post lots of things on there, especially around on the front lines that um, ways you can support. Wherever you're listening to this, please pop the podcast a five-star rating if you can, especially on Apple Podcasts. Apparently that boosts it more than anywhere else. It just means the podcast can reach more people. Um, so we appreciate that so much. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to spend some time with us and listen to this episode. And yeah, we'll be back soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.